Welcome to the Breathe Life Podcast. I'm Fahim Mujahid, a Miami-based integrative health and life coach, fitness and nutrition expert, personal trainer, and private yoga and meditation teacher. Each week, we'll explore meaningful content surrounding the importance and impact of living a life of mindfulness or inspiring interviews with the same intention. Together, we'll incorporate a variety of topics given with the same intention to educate, enrich, and inspire one's life. Welcome home. Guys, hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Breathe Life Podcast. Uh, thank you all. Thank you all for tuning in. I know it's been a while, so I'm excited to jump back on. Um, you know, I took a little hiatus with the new year, just kind of had a lot of stuff intentionally that I wanted to create space for. But I'm excited to be able to create and hold space for this beautiful spirit with whom I've been a fan of for a long time. She's doing amazing things within the Miami community. So I, I definitely consider myself a proud. Uh, I don't know. I guess I would probably say a proud tribe member of what she's creating. So, Melissa Lopez, welcome to the Brief Life Podcast. Thank, Thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful to be here <laughs> <laughs> on this beautiful day. On this beautiful day. A little hot, but it's good. Yeah, yeah. You want me to turn the air? The air I can turn the <laughs> AC. The AC is usually no. It's pretty. cooler in here than it is out there. Yeah, I was going to say I'm usually a nomad, so my yeah. my air and wherever I'm at is usually like 70, 71. No, it's nice here. Okay. So, you know, one of the things that for anyone who follows me or who tunes in, who's who's kind enough to tune into the Brief Life podcast knows that for me, I believe it's very important that you develop uh, a little bit of background of who you're going on this journey with. Now, obviously, like I mentioned, you and I um, have been on this journey of knowing each other for a while. And um, I had a lot of admiration and respect and honor for what you're doing and what you're about. But before we get into what you're creating, what your powerful foundation um, tell me a little bit about yourself. So you're born and raised in Miami. You're a Miamian, right? Um, All right. Three o five till I die. There we go. There we go. All <laughs> right. This is Miami. Okay. Pitbull still still my name, but nice. All right. There. All right. Um, I was born and raised here. I'm actually fifth generation Floridian on my mom's side. Um, my cap, my dad was born in Cuba, and that's how I came about. I am actually one of three, the baby. And I love the city. I don't know if I'll ever leave. You have everything here, even though I know there's so much more out there. Um, Now a little bit background of myself and what I do. I've been a dispatcher for a local police department for 13 years. And I joined the Coast Guard Reserve nine years ago. So that's my public service side of me. Um, I don't know, I just fell into it. I wanted to be a cop at one point, and somebody suggested being a dispatcher, and I love it. I get my kick out of being a cop on the water, which is great because I love the water, but I don't see myself doing much more different than what I am now. Now, going into my foundation, I felt that my calling was a little bit bigger than just to help those people. Now it's turned into helping those that walk amongst me, like are there day in and day out. So I started Golden Pulse Foundation, and that is providing assistance to first responders that may suffer from PTSD or depression of any sort. Okay, so then a little bit of so a little bit of background. So thank first of all, thank you for sharing that, and thank you for repping the three hundred five. I'm sure we have a lot of three hundred five Miamians listening tuning in. Um, but speak a little bit about like you said, you've always did you always have a passion for protecting and serving other people? I mean, you drew reference to wanting to be a police officer when you were pretty when, when you were fairly young. I would say in high school. Okay, it was me and my best friend in high school. We wanted to be detectives and figure things out because you know women are really good at figuring things out so I don't know I guess I would say yeah I am very protective of my family 
and my friends. So it became a natural instinct to do. Okay. Um, and then when I fell into this line of work, it just came it's, about. Like, I guess evolved. my, yeah. Okay. How my personality and my characteristics and what I stand for mm-hmm. is having that human connection and keeping people safe. So. So you always knew you wanted to get into the line of having to do with being of service, but also protecting other people. Right. So I imagine the integrity, things like honor, those things have always been integrity driving forces for Integrity is a free. huge, huge value for me. It's actually my number one value oh, wow. in, when I list my values. It's very important to me that everybody knows what I stand for is who I am. I mm. don't like putting a facade out there and saying, oh, I'm doing this. But then behind closed doors, I'm not because I've met a lot of people like that. And it's just, it's not a good thing. You, you don't find that human connection if you don't have that integrity in you. Mm-hmm. So now that passion for integrity, is that something that you, you know, kind of bring me behind the scenes into your childhood growing up? Right. So, you know, did was integrity something that was also important for your parents and growing up? It was something that was communicated often or was it, you know, sometimes I find for me what. Oftentimes, what I what I lacked, or what I felt like I was absent of when I was younger, or things that I'm driving, or that I'm driven towards to make sure I'm being more uh, conscious about creating. Right? right. So, if I was a person who felt like I was brought up in an environment where integrity was lacking, then I, I'd be driven more towards creating the language and the relationship within my own home. Right. Right. So, when you look at kind of like how you were brought up, was those things that are important to you: integrity, protect, honor. Were those things that was communicated downward to you as far as from your parents, from your siblings? I would say protection was. um, I'm not, I I couldn't say integrity was. I don't remember Mm. that being something that was taught to me. I mean, my mom always taught me, you know, don't lie, don't steal, don't intentionally hurt people. It's just not a good trait to have. Mm -hmm. So I guess it ties into everything together that I just developed it. But the integrity really shined through as being my highest value when I started working for dispatch. Mm. Because unfortunately, the environment that we're in brings out the most negative out of people. Even yeah. though we're public servants, you just carry it on to you. Like you're, you put it on your shoulders and then you start living that life. Mm-hmm. And then when I joined the Coast Guard, that's one of our values as well. You know, honor, respect, devotion, and duty. Integrity is embedded into that. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of developed more when I started really finding my career path outside of, I guess, family. You know, I love that. I think, and that's why I think this conversation is so important for us to have, right? Because I think oftentimes what we're trying to create, the language and the relationship that we're trying to create of being of service within the community, I think a lot of times the people that get left out of that conversation are the ones who are serving on the front lines, right? right? And that's, you know, and that's, and that's the, the environment and the community from which you represent, right? right. It's law enforcement, it's fire departments, Coast Guards. So I felt like it was really extremely important to make sure that we drew awareness to it. And when you kind of think about the work that you're creating and the fraternity or sorority that you're um, connected to in association with being of service in that way, do you feel like you guys, at least here in Miami, guys and girls, do you feel like you guys are valued and appreciated as much you know because no. i kind of thought the conversation not. is somewhat shifted right <laughs> um it's so crazy i i didn't really notice it when i joined when i started my career as a dispatcher um because then you get so pulled into the relationships with other people you work with you know the police officers and the firefighters and the other dispatch but we are our own worst enemy towards each other um the brotherhood down here, I wouldn't say is as strong as what you would see in New York, mm. you know, especially after 9-11, which was 
probably one of the biggest things in my life why it became even more so my my calling of being a first responder especially with the coast guard it so much bigger up there the passion i mean we can compare it to like football i know we've yeah. had that conversation yeah down here i don't want to I, I try to use yeah. my words wisely because I love Miami and I love right. what it represents, but people have this negative connotation with the city and mm. it's on, it's our fault of our own. Yeah. I was going to say, so why do you think that is? And that negative association with the city, is it only, is it, is it just specifically, are you referred to as it relates to first responders, police officers, fire department, uh, firefighters, like that collective body, or you're saying like in general, people it's just have a bad the totality of everything. Yeah. But people see police officers and see firefighters and then if you portray that it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like a mirror image with the the city mm-hmm. so here a lot of people that are not from here will say oh everybody's out to themselves here mm-hmm. that's how it is in these organizations the fire department's a little different they the the brotherhood they have and the the way they think of the fraternity amongst themselves is very different than how police officers see here mm-hmm. so we've gotten into this habit of backstabbing mm-hmm. like climbing the ladder oh i don't need you anymore you don't yeah so feelings of you know depression and things like that kind of subside or or, or go away people ignore it because you're so fixated on where's my career where is it going Mm. how am i going to do it better in the dispatch world it's the same thing it's Mm. a very negative environment where people bully each other because you're the weakest or because you're the newest it's mm-hmm. that culture that's super old. It's been going on since the military. I mean, yeah. we want to get real. That's hazing has been a thing then. Yeah. So I think it kind of like develops all together as to down here. I'm sure they have it up north too. Mm-hmm. But with events like 9-11 or uh, the Boston Marathon, it brings those people together. Solidarity, yeah. Right. So I noticed this. My only time that it was like the biggest thing was when I got out of boot camp and I was in uniform. I was with my mom and my sister walking through the airport and it was such a crazy experience. Everybody would just stop and be like, thank you for your service. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh, here. Yes, of course we can put you on the plane sitting next to your mom and your sister, no problem. The moment you step foot in Miami, it's like, oh God, they're in the Coast Guard. Don't look at them, don't look at them, don't look at them. Right. And I don't know if it's because I'm in the Coast Guard, it's just, here it's just it's just different right so, i'm sure it's the same in yeah. other places but i can only speak from my experience and and for you, kind of like knowing that or stepping into that awareness is that what inspired you to start your foundation so this idea came about maybe 10 years ago when i joined the coast guard um my grandfather was in the navy so i've been around the patriotism and you know the love for the country and 9-11 happened when I was in my senior year and I do have a passion and I love my country so much um, we have our flaws but it just I I think it was so sad to see me going out on my college nights at FIU and going to the Grove and well let's go get beer let's go get drunk and I see people on the streets and most of those people are veterans Mm. so it kind of hit me knowing that my grandfather was a veteran and I started to become realization of these people needed help these veterans needed help the VA is slowly getting there but Mm -hmm. I'm talking about 15 years ago yeah. when you just drop the coin in somebody's cup and that was a veteran that was probably somebody that fought in Vietnam mm. or somebody who fought in 
the other wars that you have no idea about because people don't know. Yeah. So I wanted to originally start this same concept, PTSD, how the soldiers come back and they don't have a foundation or, or um, people to help them find a way besides using substance abuse because mm-hmm. that's what they go to. If I don't want to feel anymore, I'm going to get drunk. I'm going to use drugs. I'm going to do all this stuff. So that's where the idea came from. It was going to be the five branches and that's it. I was going to have a board member from each branch. Mm. That dream kind of subsided, went down. I was focusing on other things in my career and then working with Angie, which you had on the podcast, it came back and the passion came back to wanting to help people and, and realizing what made me happy and what actually is my calling and that's Mm. to help people um you know i love that you know i I love how we talk often about you know finding what that passion is you know and and it's and it's you know it's something that continues to grow and we kind of find different ways to fall in line with that expression of purpose right and i think that you talk about this innate desire you had to protect and be of service and the long history um you have within your family to be of service you know, when you look at what you're creating, you know, a lot of people would say, okay, you can have all those same ingredients and be completely at peace with the work that you're just doing, working with dispatch and being empathetic and being kind and being loving within the, within the realm or the scale of what you're doing by yourself. You know, why did you feel like it was so, because this stuff takes a lot of work and effort, right? You know, (laughs) going out there and saying, hey, you know, it's not enough for me to just add my voice to a foundation that's already going, even if I may not necessarily agree with 100% of what they're doing, it still would require much less work, stress, anxiety, fear. Why was it so important for you when you look at what you're creating um, with the Golden Pulse Foundation? Mm -hmm. Why was it so important for you to go go out on your own and create your own story and your own legacy of what you want to be able to do and how you want to show up in this community? That's a good question. Um, I think a lot has to do with my background of what I went through. Um, mm. I started at Dispatch at 22 years old. You're, you're kind of young at that point. Yeah, mm. I've lived a life, but I didn't live a life like other people. I went to college, joined a sorority, had fun, um, but I didn't realize the things that I learned, the behaviors that I learned growing up were embedded in me, and I didn't know how to manage my emotions. So when I got into this environment, I'm trying to control other people's emotions. And how can I do that if I couldn't control mine? So I went into this whole, the, the relationships that I was having were not good ones. Um, I got to the point that my father's an alcoholic where I would drink every day. And it wasn't to get uh, fucked up, I'm sorry if I use, it's okay to say fucked no, up. No, okay. we're wrong. We're wrong. <laughs> um, that's how I speak. Yeah, yeah. Sailor's mouth. Um, so I ours. didn't, you we know. All, we all speak a little French. Is yeah. What I say. Um, it, it was to that point of not wanting to get fucked up, but kind of feeling numb, and and you forget those things. So the things that I studied about those vets coming back, yeah, I may have not seen war. I may have not um, seen horrific things like they did, but I have my own experiences that made me to who I am today, which developed those habits. Mm. And those habits were going home at night, watching TV, drinking Jack, um, to the point that I had Jack hidden in my closet when I was living with my mom, you know? And I had a relationship that wasn't a good one Mm -hmm. and they didn't really care for me. So I got myself into some trouble 
yeah. where I said something stupid trying mm -hmm. to manipulate because it's something that I learned from one of my parents. Mm -hmm. You manipulate your way to get your way. Mm -hmm. And all these things started to come together. So it wasn't until my 30s I started to realize man, I'm the problem, I need to take responsibility for the actions that I have. Mm. And these people around me probably have no idea that there's something wrong with them too. Mm. And when I had another relationship with a fireman, I started to see how he was reacting and the binge drinking and the going out to forget the problems you deal with every day. Mm -hmm. So people look at us and they think, well, you signed up for that job, you should be able to handle it. No, I think I'm human. Yeah. I go home and I cry. Mm. If something, if I couldn't save a kid, if I, if the CPR didn't work, if I didn't know where they were and they just got robbed and they don't know what to do, people are so helpless that you start to feel helpless. Oh, I'm sure. But yeah. you don't realize every day you keep getting these things and I might not be exposed as other places are, but it still gets to you and it's still embedded into your subconscious mind, which is a lot that I'm learning now, mm -hmm. that you start realizing your habits start are a creation of those things that you experience. And yeah. because you kind of sit there and go home and you drink, which is the number one thing that they say not to do after you've been exposed, that that helps, not helps, but it, it brings out or puts you in the path of having PTSD mm -hmm. because it subsides all your feelings. So I'll give an example. I was on the Coast Guard boat. We picked up a deceased person in the water. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I ever saw that. I didn't, thankfully I didn't have to touch them. I didn't have to bring it, but I had to put the blanket over. And I was just like, God, wondering what their story was. Mm. How did they get here? What happened? I don't know, oh my God, what are these people thinking? Everybody's looking, don't look at the camera, don't do this. And one person said, hey, let's go out. Let's go to a local bar and drink. And I did. And that's the thing that you're not supposed to do. Mm. But I didn't know that. All right. I didn't educate myself on those things. So I thought it was okay. Mm -hmm. I have been doing it from dispatch for so long. Yeah. So. Well, and that's why I think, you know, there's two things, you know, that's why I think it's so important for you to, you know, we all have, be we all have beautiful, powerful stories, right? And I think a lot of times we feel like learning each other's story is only something that's dedicated to the 5%, right? And that right. 5%, you have to be, um, some kind of celebrity to some extent to be able to have a story that's worth sharing. Um, but that's why I think it's so important to go inside of our community to find beautiful spirits like yourself that are doing things in meaningful ways, right? So, you know, I think being able to share some insight, like you said, a lot of that information that you have now, you didn't have when you first started this journey. And there may be someone that's considering going into becoming a Coast Guard or being of service in that way, or maybe not, maybe in their own little journey and whatever unique ways they're gonna to contribute to, to, to who they are in this world and their purpose here. But being able to hear a little bit of themselves in your story is what makes things not only palpable, where we can all digest it, but it, it makes us feel less alone. Right. And I think a lot of times when, whether it's PTSD, whether it's anxiety, whether it's uh, you know a loss of a loved one, whether it's just the stress that comes with just living um, during the time and age that we're living right now, I think the more you can do um, to make other people feel less alone, I think that's probably and oftentimes the most powerful thing you could do. Yeah. You know, so I kind of hear you going on this journey of figuring things out for yourself. And, you know, I, I think also, too, and when I'm having conversations with people, we really do believe that we're the only one with scars a yeah. lot of times. Yeah. Right. And we think that, you know, that if I share this part of me, then I won't be accepted by this community. 
And although being um, being accepted in a tribe or in a, in, in a community is, is one of those innate callings and, and, and requirements to just being just as important as it is to be fed and to be loved, mm-hmm. being accepted is something that's you know, subconsciously drives a lot of our decisions and our choices and what we share, how we share it, when and when in time, if we choose to share it. So I think a lot of times it takes a lot of courage to not only be able to create space for your story, but to say, hey, you know what, I'm gonna jump up here on this microphone and I'm gonna share my story with thousands of people around Miami and outside of Miami. Um, because there could be something in it that may connect with someone somewhere else. And that in and of itself comes back to your calling, which is to protect and serve. Yep. This is just a different vehicle, a different lens from which mm-hmm. you can do that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, that depression that I went through, that I didn't see it as that. And I kind of found myself, it's crazy because I had this conversation not too long ago with, with Angie that I would drive myself to the point of drinking in order to feel. Mm. But I'm a very feely person. I'm very affectionate. So I can feel without it, but I felt like I needed a purpose to do it. Yeah. Or I needed something to drag it out. Um, mm. And during that time that I mentioned about 10 years ago, it was probably the lowest of what my life could have been at that moment. Mm-hmm. Could I have gone lower? Could I go lower? Probably. But mm-hmm. I got myself into a situation where I had to be hospitalized. Mm-hmm. I had to be under viewing for somebody to evaluate if I was a harm to myself or anything else, but because I said something that was probably very selfish mm-hmm. and manipulative, and I learned my lesson real hard, yeah, real hard. But it's the negativity that this environment has. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay to say things like that. Oh, whatever, people will get over it and not do anything about it. Mm-hmm. it and I sat there and I'll tell you, it was the worst four hours of my fucking life mm-hmm. where I came into realization where I'm seeing people who actually have mental illness, like legit born with or something that came about later on in their life, standing in front of me, looking at me, why am I using the phone? You know, and I'm sitting here going, why the fuck am I here? Mm-hmm. I got myself here. There's something that I'm doing that's that I'm not doing right. Mm-hmm. I had the security guard sitting with me for hours. And one thing that I'll never forget, he said, he goes, don't be ashamed. Mm-hmm. There are so many first responders that you have no idea that mm-hmm. coming through these doors. And I was like, he's just saying that. He's just yeah. saying that. And the more I start this journey and the mm-hmm. more that I'm going into it, I've learned all these people that I'm, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. People that you think, you know, people want to talk shit. And oh, sh- there's a term called the Baker Act, which is in yeah, Florida. So when people are voluntary or involuntary Baker Act, it, you know, and they- It's refer- usually involuntary. It's usually involuntary, <laughs> right. So my, mine was not that, I was not a Baker Act. Um, okay. But it was under, the guy signed off saying mm-hmm. it was situational disorder. I mean, I was yeah. young, I was 25, stupid. I just said something really stupid. But it came from that yeah. depression. Yeah. And it came from all those things that I carried on from all those calls that the biggest thing with dispatch, mm-hmm. you never know the ending. Yeah. Unless you work for a small department where you can call somebody saying, hey, what happened to that guy that we were giving CPR to? Mm-hmm. So you carry that with you. But back on track, like it just. Well, you're always on track, right? Right. right? So, and, and what I often look for are kind of like connection points between what someone um, decides to share in a moment. And one of the things that you said, you know, never, you're never really at 
peace with or aware of the outcome, right? right. So you're being of service in this way. And how have you, as you kind of go on your journey and, and do a better job at loving yourself from a place of being mindful of what you take in mm-hmm. and what you leave on the table, how do you, what practices do you have at home to make sure that you're not carrying all that stuff with you? Because I imagine, you know, it's just as, as a coach, it's challenging. So I imagine if I was speaking to someone who was at risk of their lives, if they were in a position where they just weren't safe, then it would be even harder for me to just, my practice would have to be even more concrete to make sure that I don't become, that doesn't become a part of the energy that I choose to kind of right. take on. So what are some of the things that you do at home that kind of help facilitate that separation that's required for what you do? So when I started the police department or dispatch, um, I used to surf. Mm. I love the ocean. Um, I used to do things like that that would kept, kept me active. I mm. love concerts. There were certain things that I would lose throughout the, the environment of having overtime and overworking yourself. I started to forget those things that you're talking about. So my mm. self-care went way to the bottom and it was just caring about people, people, people. Um, I continue with music. That's my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I love Dave Matthews. Everybody knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's my um, my go-to. Like, if I feel I'm overworked, um, anxiety, tired, whatever feeling, I believe music is a healer of all things. It can bring out any feelings you have. You can be angry and listen to angry music. Mm-hmm. Um, and it exemplifies or, or creates that that um, feeling to be a lot bigger than what it is. Yeah. So that's my number one. I put on some Dave Matthews, chill at home. I don't watch too much TV. Mm-hmm. I don't like the news. I'm already around sadness. I don't need to hear more sadness. Yeah. Um, working with Angie, I've, I've learned how to manage my emotions. Mm-hmm. And then obviously working with you, yeah. I've learned a whole new world of meditation, which we've yeah got it into um well, joining your tribe yeah. has helped a lot well we're made we're, we're made a better tribe because of you and i and i i would never go as far as saying that i would speak on behalf of angie because she's a beautiful powerful unique amazing spirit who can speak for herself but what i will say and 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 i with confidence is that i'm sure just as equally fortunate and blessed uh, that i feel to be able to work with you i'm sure the feelings are the same with her the manner in which she talks about you and the work that you two have been able to uncover together is very powerful. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. But she I know saw, you, I know you love Dave Matthews, yes. which is, you left your body. Oh, yay. <laughs> I've missed it so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, uh, for, for those who for those who aren't tuned into the Breathe Life TV, I just, um, Melissa left her bottle the last time she was here and it has <laughs> Dave Matthews on it. So I was My fire cancer. Yeah. So then tell me, so one of the things that showed up for me in 2020, and it's not to kind of get off topic, but one of the points that I did want to speak to is the, tell us a little bit about the process of setting up a nonprofit or a foundation, Ooh. right? Because I get people all the time, they're like, you know, a lot of the work that you're doing is really great that you can pick nonprofits to kind of help out every once in a while, but you should think about making Breathe Life a nonprofit. And I started going into kind of like researching what that would be about. It's a lot of shit that yeah. you have to do. I mean, it's a huge yeah. process where just looking at the, 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 the T's that you have to cross and the dots you have to dot, the I's you have to dot, you're almost like, shit, I'd rather just give money to, so why was it so important? Has it been challenging for you to start this foundation for yourself here in Miami or? 110%. Is it, is it more, than you, more than what you anticipated? Um, I mean, I knew there was gonna be some work into it. That, that I knew, but I accepted the challenge. I love challenges. So 
it's just the, the part of uh, grabbing that knowledge and using it so or where to find it. That's where I felt lost. But fortunately, working or, or going to FIU, FIU is a great network. Um, not to give a shout out a sponsor, but that was, my, that was my alma mater. Okay. Um, and being in a sorority, I learned the, the art of networking, mm. you know, and caring about people and, and knowing your resources and that you have to utilize them. Yeah. And it's so funny because I would teach that, but I would never really do it because I felt embarrassed to ask a question or um, I didn't want the person to feel like I was using them. So mm -hmm. finally working, doing my stuff with, you know, working on myself, I realized I'm not. Mm -hmm. My intent is not to be using them for the negative part of it, it's for the positive. So luckily I've had so many people that have helped me. I've learned about different nonprofits in Miami. There are more than just Golden Pulse. Um, for example, there's Never Walk Alone. We're actually doing the Miami Marathon this Sunday. And oh, nice. Over 200. Is that this Sunday? It's this Sunday. Wow, I feel like it, it creeps up every it time. It did. I've ran it several times. Whenever I'm not running it, I feel like it comes out of just left field. Nowhere. When you're training for it, of course, yeah. you're like, oh my God, I can't wait to, to get here, for it to get here. So that's yeah. next week. That is this Sunday. This Sunday. This okay. Sunday. So we, I... Note to self, stay home. Uh, stay home. Don't go, <laughs> don't go to downtown or, 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 or the or beach. Walk, or walk to Coconut Grove. That's, that oh, street. that's right. Watch all the runners run that's by. That's right because they go by there with the marathon. But on the side note, I feel like the saddest thing is when, you, when you're watching a marathon or a half marathon and you see them picking up the cones and it's like a, like four other people like, you're like, I no, don't, don't you pick up that no. fucking cone. Don't you do it. <laughs> you wanna... I, that was my first half marathon. I was nice. like four hours into it going, what am I doing here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it, it, it's so a great experience. You guys are partnering up. We partnered up. So, oh, nice. so one of the people that I am had a pleasure to me. Her mm -hmm. name is Yami, and she's a captain with the Miami Fire Department. Oh, wow. And she lost a friend. They actually came to my launch party. I reached out th to them through Instagram, and mm. they came out to my launch party. They're the parents of the person that they lost. His name was um, Danny Alvarez, and mm. he was a firefighter for Miami Fire Department. And he took his life. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's very sad. Um, but I feel like everybody has a purpose, even though it ended mm -hmm. that way. You know, yeah. um, same thing happened. My grandmother did the same. Yeah, and, yeah. But everything happens for a reason. I probably oh, would be sure. here. Oh, without without a question. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so we got actually over 200 firefighters that will be in mm -hmm. full gear walking a half marathon for awareness for PTSD, but also honoring Danny and his family. Um, his son will be there. Nice. Um, that he left behind his dad, his mom, the whole family. Oh, so there. everybody's coming to support. Yeah, I just get shaken up thinking about it because bringing everybody together yeah. again. The, the fire department's very accepting, knowing that they're screwed up yeah. at times, yeah. and you know. So doing that, we do have police officers walking with us. Nice. And we have some of our dispatchers that are going to be walking too, raising you know, this awareness. I, I feel like it's so important to breathe life into, no pun intended, um, awareness of what people are doing to give back and to show up, right? right? Especially when it comes to the firefighter community, the police community. You know, if you're if you're only getting information through the, the, the mediums from which you receive information, 
you're constantly being met with the negativity, right? Mm -hmm. Which obviously we know if you look at just kind of like per capita and household and how it works, negativity news sells more. People buy more newspapers, tune in more to the nightly news if there's more negative than positivity, right? Right. So that's kind of like baked in. But I think that by you bringing awareness to saying, hey, you know, these are other people that are a part of this same family of service, although they're showing service in different ways, they all still feel like it was very important to be a part of this process, which is very powerful. Yeah. yeah. Now, your foundation, you started last year or two years ago? So my launch party was in May. Launch party. Yeah, we had had a launch party. I love it. Where did you have it? Um, at Lincoln Beer Brewery. Nice. Okay. So I I say that three times fast. Lincoln Beer Brewery. (laughs) You don't have to. (laughs) (laughs) I'm already there. (laughs) Um, what's crazy is uh, so so obviously I wanted to stay away from uh, having the okay to to the alcohol like obviously you want to moderate everything just like you want to moderate anything in life mm-hmm. you know moderation with alcohol I, so i was very strategic on one where i placed it but the launch party was just to announce this is my goal this is going to be where i stand um from now on this is my journey so i try not to tie it into like oh yeah go get fucked up and then yeah. party with me we actually crashed an engagement party there. Nice. Well, cool. they were probably drunk today. No, I, so. I felt kind of bad because when I gave my speech, it was a very somber speech. So I'm like, can you guys keep it down? Right. People can, you not, can you not celebrate? <laughs> can you not celebrate love? Congratulations. <laughs> but people are dying. Right. Sorry. Okay. Make sure, make sure you're not living for hell. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> so how many people showed up for your launch party? I'm gonna say roughly your, between your album release. My album release. Oh my gosh, oh, a little girl's dream. Um, I would say probably roughly around forty to fifty people from within my, I would say my family, my my tribe of people, people I work with, and then of course people like never walk alone. That just yeah. we believe in the same thing. There's no competition. Yeah. This isn't a business to compete. It's a business to Make everybody aware that that like you said there yeah. is a lot of negative things to it and i'm not going to take away from there are bad people in our profession yeah and they take advantage of their rights and their authority but it's also to show those people that we don't talk about often it's mm-hmm. starting to become uh, commonplace right mental yeah. health is starting to come back around which is amazing because yeah. back like let's say when my grandmother committed suicide it wasn't okay you know, you didn't talk about that. People mm-hmm. said, oh, they died of cancer or yeah. an illness. Yeah. No, they hung themselves or they shot themselves. Like, yeah. you didn't talk about it. So now I'm ecstatic, yeah. right? The stigma that we're trying so, to get away from, but it's still there. Yeah. And it's still there within our community, within our family, within our mm-hmm. fraternity, where people are just like, oh, he's just a drunk. Yeah. No. There's probably something wrong with them yeah. or, or they're feeling some sort of way. Well, and that's why your work is so important, you know, and, and you know, you think about the work kind of like awareness, right? So this amazing thing that you're doing for our community, you're being of service, you're pouring your love and your energy into what you're creating. And like I mentioned on the onset, we're a better community because of what you're doing. 
speaking to that awareness, how would someone, let's say if someone was within earshot of this conversation and they really want to try to find a way to be supportive, even if it's just, I want to send energy and love um, to Melissa and all she's doing, or here's a financial contribution, or hey, I want to just be of service by offering my um, hours where I can come help fold t-shirts or whatever you need. How would someone stay connected and then how would someone reach out in connection with you if they want to help? So the best way would be probably Instagram. Okay. It'll be at Golden Post Foundation. Mm. Um, email is another good way. Golden Post and Post meaning like some people think I say other. Yeah, words. I'll have you. I'll have you spell it out. <laughs> so Golden G O L D E N and then Post P U L S E. I almost forgot how to spell that. That's all good. And then Foundation. I hope people. Yeah. Know yeah. I'm a smart audience. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Okay, got F- it. okay, okay got, got it. it. Um, so it'll be Golden Post Foundation at gmail.com. Okay. Um, the best way would either be Instagram or through the email, and then I get it directly. Nice. So any way they want to give back, if they want to, I'm accepting anything. Yeah. At this point, awareness is my biggest um, train, I guess you want to say. Like, that's, that's the journey that I'm doing right now. Yeah. And then I want to bring other stuff into it. I'm working with other organizations. Um, there's one that I just learned of that they are waiving adoption fee and service mm. to make it the dog a service dog nice. in order for first responders to have that who may suffer from PTSD. Because yeah. they do show that having a pet is a, is a great way of mm-hmm. therapy. Speaking of which, I have Stella, which yeah, is training. She's training to be a service dog for my organization, and she's a ham. Yeah. Nice little cute German Shepherd. She has her own Instagram, which is oh, linked. Oh God. With, it's linked with Golden right, Pulse. What's her Instagram? Uh, good question. At Miami. Okay, dogs don't bite. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, she bites me. That's yeah. it. Um, at Miami. Stella. Oh God, because heaven forbid if it was like at Boston, right? Because there's right. probably more than one Stella. Well, because on mine Instagram. is Miami Missy, so she's got to uh, represent her mom. Am I all day? Okay, cool. <laughs> I already told you, Mrs. 305 right here. I love it. All right, well, speaking of 305, one of the things that we, uh, one of the things that I'm very passionate about is the idea of anchors, right? Anchors remind us when properly used, they remind us of not only the kind of life that we want, but the energy that we want to welcome into our lives. So one of the things that I want to do is just rapid fire, close this beautiful um, conversation um, to just ask you three simple questions and then we'll have you kind of close out and anything that you want to close out and share with our audience, okay. all right? So the first like question, no, 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 you're all good. You've already right. won, you've already won. <laughs> so the first question, if you could go anywhere in the world, where would you go? Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Hawaii. Hawaii. That's right. You said you love the water. I love the water. Okay. I love the tropic. Okay. Air. Nice. I guess Bali would be closest to that. Yeah, but you already said Hawaii. I so, did. Yeah. I did. I'll stick to um, America. I guess. Mrs. Mrs. Three Hundred Five. <laughs> what's your favorite place to go? If you let's go breakfast, lunch, and dinner. A perfect day for someone that's born and bred here in a Three Hundred Five. Where would you go for breakfast? Where would you go for lunch? Where oh. would you go for dinner? Hmm. I love my Cuban roots. Okay. So Versailles okay. is a great place for breakfast. Okay. Uh, lunch. Let's see. I'm not a very foodie person, so no, it's but very you gotta hard. Pick one. You gotta pick one. Oof. You know what? I was actually turned on by Grown. Nice. Shout out Grown. Yeah. Shout out Grown. Shannon and Allen. Right. That now. was delicious. The food. 
if anybody comes there. to Miami, they have to go there. And it's so funny because I always tell people, I'm like, you know, there's more to Miami than just South Beach. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not going to mention anything in South Beach. But go. please do go to the beach. Yeah. And clean it up. Thank All you. All right. And now um, dinner. Dinner. Where would I go for dinner? Oh, there's so many good places. I, I can't I can't pick one. No worries. No worries. We'll, I we'll like Sibo. Sibo and the Gables. Okay. Yeah, That's all right. Well, there you go. That's all right, so one. there's your three. All right. So then how do you heal, right? We talk a lot about your foundation and the work that you're doing has a lot to do on the heels of helping people heal and find that peace right. and that balance. How do you heal it? Do you heal it through journaling, meditating, um, reading, swimming? Like There's what, multiple things that I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, the journaling, whenever I feel that it's overwhelming, mm-hmm. I do that. Um meditation breathing exercises during that time of i feel like i'm getting anxiety because yeah. i may have had like three cups of coffee at work yeah i will do breathing exercises or we actually have a quiet room in our nice. in our center where it I has a massage and we have a little i don't know what it's called it's used most playstation no, <laughs> I wish. <laughs> Call of Duty. Right, right, right. Quiet um, room. The little weaving thing that you sit on when you meditate. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a, a newbie. A, uh, no, a bolster? Probably. Yeah, it's, it's or like a, a cushion. Thing. It's a cushion. Okay. It's a cushion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so doing that, but my ultimate like feel good yeah. is sitting somewhere in the water. Nice. There's just a place. Flowing. Right. You, you don't have it's to either a park. Just... Um, there's a park that's near um, Kiva's Gang, Rickenbacker yeah, yeah, yeah. Causeway. And then furthermore, there's right next to Mercy Hospital, there's a Caridad. I, I don't I'm like the worst half Cuban in Miami. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's a church there that you can go in and sit. So I'll maybe put a podcast of my church. Nice. My church. Shout out to Vu. Shout out. Kanye um, West. Ka- oh, yeah. I heard he did something <laughs> epic this past week. I didn't go because traffic was crazy. I didn't go because I had to prepare for the super bowl nice that's yeah. right that's right before we end out you were you were part of the jennifer lopez sakira halftime show right uh, well, you, not come really? in, you came in on the end yeah yeah, yeah. like the, the very yeah. end i was running into the tunnel i don't know but your ego was just through the roof <laughs> i couldn't even get a hold of you it's like uh, every time i called you and and i'm and, too busy yeah, contact right? my secretary how was that how was that experience it, it was a good experience. Everybody has to do it once. Um, I was able to get on the field. But everyone can't through do it. through Pepsi. Doing another shout out through Pepsi. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was able to get on the field, and I it was an experience to enjoy with my sister and my two nieces. You know, oh, I love going to the Dolphins game. Yeah, that's family. right. You're a Dolphins fan. I am. So that was probably officially the first time you've been on or around the football field when there are actually a winning team around it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Shout out Dolphins. No, I'm just Actually, no, let's, go, let's go Miami. Let's go Miami. I'm a new Miami Dolphins fan. I was a huge New York Giants fan being in New Yorker, but my son's a Dolphins fan, so therefore I'm a smart, Dolphins fan. Smart man. Yeah. Smart but one thing I realized about being a Dolphins fan, a lot of the product is half off. Right. They're pretty terrible. That is so good. So it, it helps. It helps my bank exactly. account. Exactly. I can I can buy it really helps, for half the price. Do you know what's so crazy? It helps with conversation when you pull over Kansas City Chief running back during your Coast Guard weekend. Nice. And you just say, "I'm a straight up Miami fan." Right. I'm sorry. But was did he? But we're not at the Super Bowl. <laughs> right. Did he play, or he's like the third string running? Back? I. You know what? I'm because still trying to figure out. Because when you pull someone that. over, they all say, "I'm I'm a starter." He so. did. It, what's funny enough, he did it. It was the captain of the boat that was taking him out. Was just like, "Oh, well, are you a fan of football?" I'm like, yeah. "I'm a Dolphins fan." If that's right. what you're trying to say. Right. And then he introduced me, but I, I honestly don't remember his name. Yeah. Sorry. No worries. Sorry. They're, they're, back. they're the Chiefs. So you're. <laughs> 
Okay. Um, so, all right. So then, well, first of all, thank you for sharing and thank you for coming and breathing life um, to our community today. You know, I want to close out on just one thing you know for sure. When you think about all the things you've gone through that kind of helped pour into where you are, what you're doing, the impact that you're having, the beautiful woman that you're going into, the lives that you're touching. When you think about all those experiences and everything that you've gone through and learned along your journey, what's one thing that you would say you'd know for sure? Just as sure as you know the sun will come up tomorrow. I know for sure is what yeah. going to happen? No, just one thing you know for sure. So like for me, if I were to say one thing that I know for sure is that until we find stillness, we'll always believe our thoughts are truly who we are. For a fact. That's, a, that's amazing. Yeah. I don't think I can top that. Oh, no. That's, wow, that was just wow. That was from the hip. Wow. <laughs> come on, you got something in there. One um, thing you know for sure. It could be something. I, you know what? I'm going to go back to a Dave song that okay. inspires me with my, and I shared it with you already. Yeah. Um, when I feel down about my nonprofit and I don't feel like I'm getting anywhere. Yeah. It's a song that he wrote called You Might Die Trying. Nice. And no matter what, um, you're going to keep going. Like there, there's just, there's just no what if. Yeah. You have to serve your purpose here and your purpose is whatever it may be. Mm. But you might die trying because you may never convince somebody that this is the right thing to do. And I was told that once, you know, you, you might only save one. And you know what? I'll go to the grave being mm. happy that I saved that one person. So mm. you might die trying. There it is. There Mike it is. Drop. There it is. Mike <laughs> drop. Is there anything you want to close out or you just want to close out on that? Anything you want to say to anyone that may be listening to your voice? I just, um, you're not alone. I've learned mm. that through this journey. I've met so many great first responders that are so open and at the end of the day, we're human, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, we, the only emergency I tell my people that I want them to deal with is the one that comes over that radio or on the other side of the phone. Mm-hmm. We do have a life outside of here. We have our own things to go through, but you're not alone. Yeah. There are people out there that feel the same way, that go home alone yeah. or to their cat yeah. dog. <laughs> which, is, which is fine. Which is fine. Yeah. Um, but you want but to don't feel like you're the only person going through it. You may yeah. have your own little wavelengths of mm-hmm. your journey, but the journey is probably similar to a lot of people in this field. And I love that. It's crazy, but we're all here for each other, yes. and you gotta accept it with love. That's we already are, we're already in a negative world. Mm-hmm. We're already in a negative atmosphere. Why bring more negativity? Well, you're bringing so much love and light to our community. I really do believe that you have a special. You have a special gift to share, and I can tell that you're evolving into it, the confidence that you're putting into it. You're growing into that, and I think a lot of times we feel like we have to have it figured out before we take the first step, and what's clear with what you're creating and the impact that you're having is that you might not have had it figured out when you started this journey, but you were very well connected to the purpose that you wanted to serve, Mm -hmm. and because of that, I know that Miami's going to be in good hands, so I, I feel so honored for you to come up here on this podcast to share and I and I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna use all the information and resources that you have for us to stay in contact with you to see how we can find a creative way with our Revive community to support the work that you're doing because I think it's awesome. So thank you, Melissa, for coming up thank and you. sharing. And that's it, guys. So you got a chance to listen to this rock star. Um, thank you for tuning in to the Breathe Life podcast. Breathe Life. Hey Tribe, so if you're excited about the Breathe Life content and you want to find other ways to stay connected, the next time you're on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, be sure to type in Fahim Jahid or Breathe Life into the search bar and check out all the mindful things we have going on on your favorite platform.